You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Scandal After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424 256 1729. That's 424 256 1729. And now, another post game wrap up show for your favorite TV show. It's After Buzz TV Scandal After Show. Gladiators, gladiators around the world, rejoice because Scandal is back, which means that your After Buzz TV crew is back as well. And we are so, so, so very happy to be here. This was episode 16, top of the hour. As always, I'm your host, Emilinus Jr., and I'm joined here with three amazing hosts, starting with... Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Cornelia. Hi, I'm Sophia Stanley. Bam Erickson. And like I said, we're very excited to be here. We're not going to do a scandal pace tonight. We're just going to go ahead and get right into it. Did this episode give you everything you needed since we were gone for three weeks? It felt like we were gone for three years. I'm sorry. Three years. It was the longest break ever. Ever. But it definitely made me appreciate the show because I was dying while I was over. Yeah. No. I'm a huge TV fan, so stuff like this happens. You know, last year when I watched Desperate House, like, it happened. So, like, Bam, every- you watched Desperate Housewives? I did. <laughs> but everyone, like, freaks out. Like, this happens. Like, you guys get used to it because Sandal's going to be on for a couple seasons, and we are going to go... And 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 uh, we're gonna go in in two three weeks where we don't see new episodes. So. Wait no, no 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 are we? I thought oh maybe my math is off. I thought that because of this long stretch and because of the long stretch with for December that if there's sixteen so right there's four four six left there's right six left, yeah. yeah. And when is the season ending? May. Oh no, Bam's right. Yeah, Bam's Aww. right. So there's will be uh, the season normally ends roughly around May fifteenth, the twentieth, late twenty, like the second or third week of May. I guess I guess it's just hard to deal with these breaks, especially when you have shows like House of Cards on Netflix. Now you can watch the whole season in right, one viewing. Yeah. Which check out uh, Sophia Stanley on House of Cards <laughs> after show. <laughs> Quick yeah. plug here. That's an amazing show for all you scandal fans. Um, but let's go ahead and get started. So we had an interesting storyline. I definitely enjoyed this uh, storyline, and I felt like it meshed well better than last week's storyline, or not last week, three weeks ago, boom, goes to Dynamite. We have this Supreme Court nominee who has an affair with Rycorp CEO, and then her life is about to change because the paparazzi is outside of her door and they're about to turn into his big scandal. My issue is with her and with uh, the Supreme Court nominee, when you're in such a high position, not necessarily with her, but especially with the nominee, when you're in such a high position and you know that y- you have to know that your life is going to be exposed, I just don't understand why in these situations it all is going to come out. Like the truth is going to come out. If you're going to put yourself in that position. It, it was 15 years ago. So there comes a point when you figure, well, damn, five years, 10 years, 15. You know what? I think we're good. But this is the age of media. Exactly. This is the age of media. People always have their own agenda. So take 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 the fact that media can get a hold of it. 
there's always some little little scrub somewhere who pop tart. Remember, <laughs> little pop tart somewhere who remembers they had this affair. He wants his five minutes of fame. He sells your info to TMZ. Like now, everybody is trying to get on. So with that. You gotta have. You have to in the back of your mind have to think maybe it's gonna come out. But, but the fifteen funny- years ago, they. I'm sorry, fifteen years ago, they weren't thinking that. That was back in 1998. So all it takes is a story mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. But I, I actually agree with Bam in the same point that fifteen years ago, I, if not for the emails, this actually wouldn't have been a story. And presumably, the only reason. 15 years ago they were so email savvy is because they were at an academic institution such as Harvard. So if they hadn't been emailing back and forth and presumably even texts that far back aren't on a server like they are today. So there would have actually been no evidence to then fuel the story. And ironically even though I agree with you in the same point that everything comes out now, I mean didn't we just have a potential presidential candidate a couple years ago? who somehow, I won't name it, but we all know who it is, who thought he wasn't going to get caught. And he not only had an affair, but had a child out of wedlock when his wife was dying of cancer. And he actually legitimately thought that he was going to be able to be president of the United States of America and, you know, put it underneath the rug and say that it was his AIDS mistress. (laughs) So, do you know what I mean? So the actual emotional state of not, of thinking you can keep it secret... I don't think that that's that strange for a human being, as well as the fact that I think that on some levels you actually really do forget about it. I think you really actually do push it down so it's no longer on the forefront of your mind. Mm-hmm. She didn't forget, though. She had that, that baby. So she knew. Like, you know what I mean? She This is solid evidence. Great- she had mm-hmm. a kid walking around her house for 13 years by this dude. Mm-hmm. And and she said, you know, when Father's Day come up, you know, it gets into her mind, but she obviously has to suppress it. But she's not the issue. The issue really for the initial aspect of the affair is the judge. Mm-hmm. The judge and and anyone who is at that level to then potentially be a Supreme Court justice knows the vetting process, right? In the same way that, you know, we've seen it. We saw it obviously with, um, and I can't remember the title of the episode, but it's the one with um, the mistress from oh, Season yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, season one. Wait, was it season one or season two? I'm with sorry. With No, with the with the madam. I apologize. With the oh, madam. Yeah, sorry, it's been one. so long. I'm my brain's getting mixed up. But think about it. That's exactly when they found it, right? And again, they did an extensive vetting process, and they were like, "Oh, but we thought he was vetted. We thought he was vetted, and that's why Fitz had to have the conversation with him. You should have disclosed this to us." But technically, their vetting process didn't catch it. It was a Democratic um, vetting process that found it. So. The first phase didn't catch it. It was only because the Democrats were like, no, we don't want this Republican candidate going through. So they kept digging. Okay, I want to go just a little further. Mm -hmm. When Olivia confronted the two as a couple and said, tell me everything, I need to know everything. Right. She didn't tell everything. She didn't reveal that. Are you talking about Sarah? Yes, Sarah did not reveal that the affair went on past the two years. Oh. And what, what I what I what I had admired um, about this episode was how it was it was um, it was a breath of fresh air that it was opposite. So now you had the man that was actually supporting his woman. You know, although she was, you know, she did a wrongdoing, he was there. He was going to support her. He had her back. You know, he was there. Now let me know if I'm wrong with this. He did know about the affair. At one point, right? No, or he didn't know anything. He didn't know anything. Because what I thought was, which I guess I'm wrong now, but I thought that he knew about the affair. He just didn't know to extend it past that time. Mm-hmm. Okay. What she lost to me when 
uh, Sarah lost me when she only told some of the truth. She lost me then because I think that he would have been a lot more forgiving had he told, had she told everything. So now you tell the truth. Okay, I cheated. I did this, but now the 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 big the 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 big. The, the big lie was that she continued the affair and now the kid possibly may not be be hers. And for a man, that's, you know, that's we're going to I need we need to compare this to now their relationship with Fitz, because he was he felt the same way that Fitz felt, which is the, the whole being lied to and the betrayed. And I feel like if he would have I felt like if she would have just told everything, I think she would have. I think the situation could have gone a little bit better because I didn't really appreciate that whole thing that Olivia uh, was doing, uh, you know, with, the, you know, um, telling a little girl, you know, he's still going to be your daddy. We'll talk about that later. But I felt like that if she if I felt like if she would have just told the entire truth, we didn't need to hear that little well, dumb Olivia speech. Here's the thing. She should just listen from the beginning because when Olivia told her at the beginning, she does she does her long spiel to all her clients and she tells them that you need to tell the truth. Like your whole life is about to change, about to be exposed. I get where she's coming from, but if Sarah would have listened, I don't think she fully understood what Olivia was saying because, especially with the Supreme Court nominee, and he has Cyrus and the president backing him, and Cyrus obviously didn't want. What's so difficult about tell me ever? Because what she did was to protect the situation. What she did was she told enough to the point where she thought that was going to be enough where it would end the whole situation. She didn't think that they were going to go deeper. She thought that after she confessed and said that she had the affair, because according to what she figured Olivia could do, she thought that after she told everyone in the public that she had the affair, that it would be over from there, it would be squashed. There might be a little more conversation about it. That's what I got from it. Because the think about it this way. I totally agree that, you know, she should have told everything. But if you take take the, the show aspect out of it and put yourself in that situation, soon as she opened the, the daughter opened the front door, everybody's there in the news, everybody's interviewing. You have like a total of thirty minutes to from I guess from the I'm just estimating from the time you figured out that they were on your lawn to Olivia Pope getting at your house as soon as she comes in the door she says tell me everything at that one moment you have to decide do I just tell them that I had an affair or do I tell my husband I had an affair kept having an affair and when he realizes when I kept having the affair when the, he's going to put the timetable together and then he's going to realize that the kid that I'm that I called his may not be his that's a that she made that decision within one second. She didn't have time to sit here and like, okay, give me two hours to go upstairs and, and think about it. No, she had to make it at that moment. So to her, she was probably thinking, stuff about to hit the fan. Let me tell you, I had the affair. But if I give you everything, then I'm blowing the whole family up to pieces. But but this is the thing is, I actually agree with what everyone's saying. But I think that there's two pieces that were most troubling for me. The first one is Olivia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The timetable was too short because of Olivia. It is Olivia's job to inform them that not only is their life going to change, but to really make sure that they understand. She didn't seem to have the normal, long, drawn-out conversation that she normally has, right? She kind of was like, tell me everything, as they're standing in the kitchen. 
don't you maybe sit them down? You know what I mean? You yeah. communicate like, I need to know everything because of this, this, and this, right? So that's kind of the first part of it. I don't think she did her job. And I think that the time period between that and when they went to press conference was way too quick. Because to me, they hadn't done their homework. How are you going to have a press conference and release that, you know, she had an affair with him without kind of doing your due diligence? Like at that point, she could have really been making it up. Like there could have been so many other things that we're not aware of. We could also not know that she could, she could have in fact been a crazy stalker. And Olivia didn't have a handle on that. But for me, the most telling moment was when they were in the kitchen and the way that the husband basically put his hand on, on, it, on her shoulder and said, no, do it, i.e. the press conference. And he said, it was 15 years ago, basically meaning that we've built a life together. So regardless, that's not an issue. I forgive you for that. And she goes, like, really? At that moment, she should have recognized that she had an amazing partner right? That she's lied to on so many different levels. And at that time, she should recognize this is going to come out. Tell your husband, because at that moment, he's saying, I'm okay with looking like the, 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 the bad end of a joke. I'm okay. Even though as we find out later that I'm this, you know, absolutely amazing father who ends up tearing up the paternity test to put our children through, through this. Why? Because you need to get this off your chest so that we as a family can move on. That was, I think the line in the sand when she should have stopped and said to Olivia, I need a moment. Do I understand emotionally Mm -hmm. that it was so charged? Yes. But that was for me, that was where I was very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, going back to what you were saying about Olivia, though, do you feel that Olivia is off her game? Yes. Because I think the thing that bothered me is I, I understand it's her client, but because the White House was involved and Cyrus was involved and then obviously Fitz is involved, I feel like because of that, she... In fact, everybody's turned into a, like a mini game. It's it, it's a game. Nobody's really doing their job anymore. They're doing their job, but it's all with the underlying motive. Oh, let me do this so I can get back at this person. Oh, let me do this so I can get back at this person. With Melly, with Cyrus, every single person is doing this little game here. And I don't like how it's being played because everybody needs to get back to doing their job and doing their job. So, and, and Olivia, especially, she's not only playing this game, but I'm sick of her turning her... I'm sick of her using her clients and... I guess helping to have it like a therapy session with her, her personal yeah. life for herself. Yeah, she did this with the mystery. She did this with uh, the guy in last week's episode or three weeks ago episode. Like, I get it, Olivia, but you need to. I'm not about the curse. She needs to get through it. <laughs> but, it's bothering me because this is your job. Like, get through yeah. it. Well, it doesn't bother me because it's, it makes for a great show. But she's off her game because she should have knew that Cyrus. She already knows that Cyrus is in the is in the um in the poorhouse with the president. So she already she should have knew that Cyrus was going to do anything uh, do anything uh, do anything in order to uh and t- to to get back on on Fitz's side by right. exposing uh, exposing and making this um and making Sarah to to be the bad woman. She should have knew that. But also. What's, what bothers me is I felt Olivia was out of pocket to tell that little girl that her daddy was that that her father was going to always be her father. Like that was not a conversation that she should have had with that little girl because you don't. Well, that situation was a tough spot because either you sit there and you try to console the little girl or you just walk away. You know what I mean? Like that's a, that that whole situation was tough because you're the stranger. You've been Olivia was thrown into this situation. It wasn't private at all. So the little girl, of course, she came home from school. She's like, dang, like the kids at school are saying that's not my real dad. 
it would have been shady if Olivia would have been like, yeah, girl, you're right, and would have walked <laughs> up the steps. I just, but I, it was it was still weird how she sat down and said that, but out of the two options, what she did was to me was the better option. But what if what if she said that, like, your father's always going to be your father, and then he changed his mind and just decides to walk out? Thank you. That's my point. She should have... You feel what I mean? I, okay, and, and the funny thing mm. is, I, I agree with what you're saying, but let's assume that he is her biological father or any biological father, even biological fathers walk out. Yeah. So regardless of him walking out, and that's why even I think that, you know, towards the end of the episode, the table scene is so important because basically what, what Olivia is trying to communicate to the father is that regardless of that piece of paper, it doesn't allow you, it doesn't give you a free pass to walk out. Like if you stay, you stay because you want to. If you leave, you leave because you want to. If you want to continue to be a father, it's because you're a father. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, then you don't want to. And I think that the most important part is that even if the premise was because he thought that child was biologically his, he still has raised the child for 13 years. And more importantly, he's done an absolutely amazing job. And I think that's why that moment, and even you know, if in the future he ends up getting a paternity t- test, it doesn't matter. But what it's really saying is that there is... There's a there's a place that has nothing to do with, quote unquote, the foundation. Right. And I think that's always what this show is about. This show is always about the title versus acting upon something. Right. So regardless of whether or not he legitimately or biologically has the title of father or biological dad, he has been the father based on his actions. And that's that's the juxtaposition for the show all the time is title versus action. In that speech. I felt Olivia I felt she was I felt she was saying what she said to um to the father the speech at the table the, the speech okay. at the table I felt like she was saying that because a uh, base of a uh, base of her um her current situation Fitz hasn't forgiven her so she wants she wants him to forgive her because she knows the pain that it feels of of being uh, of betraying someone. So I felt like that speech was all about her and really not them. Well, I, my, the thing that bothered me more about it, it wasn't private. Like they've been into they've been in this house this whole time. Of course, she was trying to fix the situation. But when it's something that serious where it's him finding out if he's the father of the daughter, Olivia Harrison, take a hike. Well, even like, though- go give them some family time. For her to sit there, and for it, they were sitting there like a panel. Mm-hmm. Like, her and, and Harrison were like, mm-hmm. like well, don't, say, even, why are you sitting there? I think Abby was there, too, right? At least Abby looked down. Harrison looked Abby, down a little yeah, bit. Abby was there. But yeah. Olivia, like, leaned in. She was, like, waiting. Lean in and inter- waiting, yeah. yeah. It's very that inappropriate. That was inappropriate. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that. Olivia, go and go have a cold, a cold drink. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play devil's advocate just for a second. Maybe she's doing that because she's still doing her job, right? Because she needs all this to basically be wrapped up in one new cycle, right? Presumably, if the husband ends up divorcing her, if there's actually somehow a leak of the paternity test, then the story keeps going. So maybe she actually is kind of forcing them into a situation on purpose. Just just a yeah. thought. But then you still, you say your speech and then you give them, you walk, like you can go in the kitchen. No, but I think she purposely wasn't. Uh, yeah. She just for, I agree. But just for the playing devil's advocate, maybe she purposely wasn't on, because she, she wanted the reaction that she wanted because she wanted to know that they're a cohesive family unit because that makes for a better client. The, the story's done. The affair was the affair. It's, a, it's, you know, their kid. Move on. I don't think that her job is to fix the family. I think her job is to fix the the situation that's going on. But with I get her what media. you're saying, though. But because, I, do, yeah, yeah. I do, I do get what you're saying. 
maybe because I'm a man, maybe I just, <clears throat> I don't like the way it ended. I felt that Olivia kind of pushed it, pushed their, pushed their, their relationship back together. And I but think also, that they need the time. But arguably, nobody can make anyone do anything. Mm-hmm. So once Olivia le- leaves, we have no idea what's going to happen. That's true. Mm-hmm. But I think that even though, you know, there are moments that I have, have um, issue, let's say, with Olivia, just like you said, Emil, kind of playing therapy with her clients. Arguably, what she says... 99.9% of the time it's correct. Mm-hmm. Her actual intellectual and emotional moral compass I think is on point. So even let's say with the little girl I actually didn't have a problem with it. I didn't even have a problem with the speech at the table because really what she's saying is like you guys have built something. Things aren't perfect. At this moment you need to decide do you want to punish each other or do you think that that the 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 sum of what you have, the good pieces are good enough to potentially work on. Not, not definitively so but at least enough that you're going to let some time go by before you make some major decisions of this family that you've created. I think it's sound. I even think it's sound in terms of her and Fitz because at the end of the day she did do it based on what she thought was best. Right? And at the end of the day, isn't that all that we are? We make the best decisions from 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 who we are and the information we had at have at a given time. Yeah. If we all could, if I had to go back through my life and, and now with the wisdom that I have, then the majority of the decisions would be different. But that's not how we live life. So I think that's really kind of what she's trying to say. She's trying to say, I want you to look forward and I want you to look at the tangible things you have and the tangible things that you have are two children regardless of biology. And she gave that similar speech when they had the the two bottles of wine. Exactly. But it's still, okay, we can move on, but those 13 years from his perspective, it's a lie. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I want to read what so Olivia it's, said. It's at difficult. The table. I think it's different, too, because Olivia did, uh, she broke down the barrier and had a personal connection with Sarah when she had that wine. And I think that's another reason why she got a little more involved than maybe she would have in another situation. And when she was sitting at that table, she said, you messed up in that surprise. Well, first of all, let's address the fact it was a $300 bottle of wine. I thought it was funny, especially when Sarah said that uh, this is a special occasion. So yeah. Her husband called her a whore. Um, and then... She said, you never told him the truth, so you let him believe a lie. And she said, you messed up, and there's a price. Betrayal always has a price. You can't change the choice you made, but you cannot let it ruin you. You have to forgive yourself. She was speaking about herself. Exactly. Mm-hmm. She was speaking about herself, but they formed but that personal connection. She, they formed that personal connection. Yeah. No, no, no. Keep going. And I was going to say, they formed that personal connection. I think that's one of the reasons why she felt like, I don't know if she feels her duty to fix them, but I feel like it was just a little more of a push for her to try to fix them, too. In addition to what Sophia said, too, is she had to close off the situation, but... Yeah. Also, too, though, I think there would actually somewhat be a difference if whenever Olivia is giving these speeches to forgive, even, let's say, to forgive herself, Olivia doesn't actually do it, right? Right. So, again, there it's it's not actually like she's doing it for herself. I think she's just having these epiphanies. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. She's having these epiphanies based on the circumstances before her, right? Because haven't we all had, let's say, situations where either stuff's going on at work or things are going on with your friends, and it highlights something in your own life, and all of a sudden you get clarity? It doesn't actually mean you're going to change it. Yeah. So I think that if she actually was changing her own life, I'm not going to say that I would think that it was worse, but I would think that it was worse. I think all she's really saying is like, oh, my God, now I've seen clarity. Like, I have to share. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day... We talk about this a lot, but she's a fixer. And yes, she's a fixer in terms of her clients, but in order to fix her, her, like the situation and the scandal, she is actually fixing people. That's why she has gladiators. That's why she has Harrison and Huck and, 
and and Abby because she's fixing people. So that that it's it's always interconnected. That's why we don't have have stories where it's simply like some company's going to go bankrupt and then that's all it is. It's a company's going to go bankrupt and there's a a dad and a son and they're fighting and they're warring. It's always based on human beings because that's all we really are, are human yeah. beings in relationships. And speaking of bankrupt, one thing that we won't encounter is let's talk about iTunes. <laughs> I, was to, I was like, what are you going to that, find? That's I was awesome. To, Go ahead, man. <laughs> do you, do you. So with iTunes, you know, you guys make sure that you guys go to iTunes and and you rate and comment. You keep us in the top ten. Keep us number one. Keep us at all those hundred thousands of downloads that you keep us at. So make sure you go to download uh, to uh, iTunes. You tell a friend. Tell your relatives. Tell your coworkers. And keep us and all of um, everyone at AfterBuzz TV. Uh, keep the lights on because we can't go bankrupt. <laughs> So just a quick story before we move on from this. You did try before we move on from this topic because you brought up Harrison and Associates. Harrison did an excellent job in this episode, or at least he tried with the whole Ryocorp thing, trying to keep uh, Sarah from getting fired. Mm -hmm. Now I don't really need to talk about that. It it didn't. He didn't succeed with that. But there was a nice moment between him and Abby later in the episode. What I want to talk about is Macy Gray was trending on Twitter. That wasn't Macy Gray. That was not Macy Gray. But it was trending on Mm -hmm. Twitter, and I clicked it, and I was like, "What is Macy Gray trending for? Does she have a new single or something?" It was talking about scandal. People were talking about, oh, who is this broke down Macy Gray? Come on, people. And I said, that's the power of social media because Twitter, like, literally about (laughs) seven or eight of the topics were all scandal. And I was like, there's no way that this is related to scandal. And lo and behold, it was. (laughs) You go, gladiators. You go. Um, (laughs) So we're going to talk about this hostage situation. So the hostage situation is going on in Olivia meets up with Jake and she gives him some fax documents that will help Jake get it to the right people. And before um, before Jake actually gives it to the president later on in the episode, he meets with Olivia again and paparazzi snap, snap a pic of Olivia and Jake. Now the issue was Olivia said this happens all the time, it's no big deal. Olivia, that's a pretty big deal. I... I, I I think this is the thing, Izzo. It's a big deal because what's his title? He's Intel. Yeah, exactly. Right? So it's not a big deal for you, Olivia, but it's a big deal to A, normal individuals, especially normal government individuals who are like in charge of Intel. <laughs> so to me, something about that didn't play well. I think I screamed at the television. You did. <laughs> and why didn't, once he, once he entered from the backyard, why didn't she take him inside the house, being that, how look how easy it was for her to walk in she waited for them she waited for the media to to have their little press conference then they walked on the side so if he walks in if he walks into the house then he walks into the back gate the media obviously gonna think well who is this walking into the back gate let me go see who this is let me go have my let me go have my camera could it be a brother could it be another person that she's having an affair like that was just stupid. But again, why didn't he walk her into the house? Because you're trying to tell me that Jake walked up. He didn't see nobody out there with cameras. He didn't watch the news the day before and saw the lawn completely filled with reporters. He didn't know anything that was going on that he just sashayed in broad daylight to this house and went through the gate and thought that no one would see him. No, but remember, it, it's it's um, it's connected to even uh, Huck's conversation with Quinn in plain sight. Mm-hmm. The best way to do things is in plain sight. And because of the gated area, I think that 
everyone until that that gate was open felt safe that at least the paparazzi wouldn't go past the gate. Like to me, I have an issue, but I'll talk about it offline on the reporters being on the lawn. Like mm-hmm. I would have turned on the sprinklers, but that's a whole nother situation. <laughs> yeah, that was. Um, yeah. But I think that in that zone, they felt safe because then he was going to slip out the same way because then no one would notice. So if you mm-hmm. actually try to do it in any other way, that I think would have raised a little bit more suspicion. So his actions, I didn't think that were weird. Her, um, her nonchalance regarding yeah. the situation, mm-hmm. that, that, I didn't like that. While we're on the topic of the house, the house looked very familiar to me, and so I was trying to figure out where the house is from. It looked like it's either from Money Pit, um, War of the Roses, <laughs> or Mr. <laughs> or Mrs. Smith, which Kerry Washington was in with Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Yeah. But it's one of those three houses. Sorry. No, you're good. So anyone on Twitter, if you have already figured out who the house, who the house, <laughs> or where the house had previously been seen, either on a TV show or a movie, please let us know. That's Thank like you. last yeah. or three weeks ago when I said I couldn't yes. figure out who that guy was, the guy who they thought was gay in the episode. He mm-hmm. was from Mad Men. That's where I knew him from. Anyway, um, so... President Fitz is still drinking the brown the brown water, and I thought it was funny when we saw the dynamic between what's her name, Lauren, his assistant, mm-hmm. Lauren, Cyrus, and Melly when they were trying to get into the office. And I like how Melly's still trying to play the baby card, and she like has the baby in the head. Oh, he needs to see his baby. Needs to see his baby. And even when Lauren informed the president after so much persistence between Cyrus and Melly that they were waiting outside, he only let Cyrus in. And then he talked with Cyrus for a bit, but then he still didn't let Melly in. He grabbed the baby and said, "I missed." And shut the door. In her shut face. the door in her face. And I think, um, but even the way that he spoke to Cyrus is like, "Yes, Cyrus." Like he's the the thing is, it goes back to what well, I can't really say for Fitz. He's playing the game, but it's annoying for me for Cyrus and Melly when you see their dynamic because when Cyrus finally got in Fitz's good graces again for a little bit, then he was trying to act all you know. Competitive towards Melly, saying, "Oh, you know, he should be." She, I, look what she did to him. You're in the White House, and so you're in such what? a high position. This isn't the time to play petty little games between each other. Who's on Fitz's side right now? I, 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 I applaud him for not letting Melly drag him into her drama with uh, the whole love triangle thing, and him saying, "You know, I don't want to be part of that anymore because it's never gotten me anywhere anyway." Mm-hmm. But at the same time, just the way he's acting around the situation is it's just really petty to me. It's petty, but listen, Cyrus said that. <laughs> He's living vicariously through him. He can't be president. He's gay. He doesn't have the looks. This is his life. And Melly jeopardized. Now, although Cyrus is guilty for what he was a part of, but I would be pissed at Melly too. And any time that I had the upper hand, I would be like, huh, what? I would do the same thing. It's, po- it's politics. It's competitive. That's just me. On the flip side. Because Melly's one of those people that, you know, she'll sell, she'll sell you out. And on the flip side, you never know with Melly, she may have done that to him or said that. Like, she may have did it, like, gave a little smart comment. You never know with Melly. Sometimes she keeps a secret. Sometimes she'll throw it in your face. You just never know. What I think Fit should watch out for by pushing Melly away, Melly is always going to find things. And Melly's always going to try to figure things out. She's not going to just sit down and take it. And I like how she even went so far as to go look at Lauren's schedule and see what's on the schedule. That's how she saw the 930 time slot. And she's trying to figure this out. She finds out who this Jake Ballard thing is. And now she's trying to get into Cyrus's head again. But she also thought that he was with her. Originally, but now she sees this. uh, Anyway, I'm saying you shouldn't let leave Melly be by herself and, mm-hmm. and push her away and put her in these situations because Melly's going to find a way to get back in your good graces and make sure that her political agenda is still on the front run. I think, though, the problem is is that Fitz always underestimates Melly. 
And so I think that he really considers her a non-factor. So I agree with you, Emil. No, I no, no, don't say it. Um, so I think that he really he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't value her. So at the end of the day, he doesn't even think enough to keep her close. Like you know what is the saying? Like you keep your friends close, but your enemies even closer. I don't even think he he even thinks of her as an enemy. She's she's just there. So I, I I think that you're completely correct because this could blow up in so many different ways mm-hmm. because, again, that's, I think, why it was so important for Jake to get the picture from the photographer. And even though I think that we were, when we were watching it and we, you know, we obviously all realized it was Jake, that we were kind of like a little bit creeped out. I was creeped out, but I think he did what he needed to do because at the end of the day, it was secret information gotten off of a thumb drive of a dead college kid do you know what i mean like if that if anyway all those connections who's dead who was murdered all the other situations that got out that could be really a big deal especially how this is meant to tie up any holes in, in fitz's presidency this is supposed to like get him over the next hump and really make him seem presidential mm-hmm. i agree um what i think is interesting though is how we saw because you know I love editing and I like how they did the play between um, the raid with the hostage situation and then also with how Jake was tracking down the paparazzi but you know when I first saw Jake and we'll get into this on our last topic but um, just in regards to this particular situation when I first saw Jake I wasn't necessarily um, threatened by him or scared or thought I I thought he might be a little bit fishy but over time I was like oh he's not that bad of a guy but every single episode is getting worse and worse like even with the screams when we saw in that one episode I was like okay he's kind of creepy but then we found out Fitz was behind I was like okay he's good but no this dude is a little creepy and like just the the way he goes about situations like Olivia I feel like Olivia just needs to be more cautious and I still don't understand why Huck hasn't swept her house why she still or they still treat her like she's just a normal person, especially when everybody says she's not, like, none of them are normal. They're gladiators. I don't understand why certain things are happening to her, like how this guy has even gotten in her inner circle so quickly, even though he is intel. Like, why didn't... Because Olivia... Olivia keeps her personal life her personal life. And so... That's why, I mean, she's pretty good at keeping her business on the low, obviously, because none of them know what's going on between she and Fitz. So this is more like her personal life, not her professional life. But but Olivia doesn't really keep her personal life her personal life because she tries to help out all of the men in her life like using her career mm-hmm. like she helped Jake out with it with the intel she didn't have to give him that they're like they're not dating like that she helped Edison out mm-hmm. with you know with his career she helped Fitz out with his career and every way that she helped them all it were related back to her career so she keep, she keeps she can keep a secret okay, but she doesn't keep she doesn't keep business and pleasure, and pleasure separate, separate at all but in in giving the information to Jake, was she helping Jake or was she helping Fitz? Both. No, so she was helping both of them. Like Olivia feels, the, seems like she feels the need to help every dude she's interested in with their career. Like I get, I get it. But no, and see, in, in this in this one, I'm I'm gonna have to disagree. I don't. I think that she was utilizing Jake because that was her connection potentially to Fitz because it makes sense. He's Intel, right? So it makes sense that he would have, you know, informants or information that would come anonymously. And she knew that he would then have, because of his position, access to the president and she couldn't give it directly to the president. I think he was just the conduit. I actually think in this scenario, 
she wasn't thinking of helping him. I think she was really, again, she was thinking about two things. I think she was thinking about helping Fitz. And at the end of the day, I think her overall moral compass is always sound. I think she really does wear the white hat. And she knew that information on this level needed to get to the people it needed to get to. Because at the end of the day, regardless of their whether or not they're just, you know, volunteers or they're, they're CIA operatives, for the sake of the country, they need to be rescued or something needs to happen. And that information had to get to the right people. But she was helping Jake in the sense of whoever gave Fitz this information, whoever was the was the, the decoy, he's going to get shine. He came out of nowhere with this magical information that was used to save these hostages. And it just so happened to be Jake. It could be uh, it could be Keith, whoever, you know, it could be whoever. But now Keith or Jake is like this, this like superhero guy. He's like, yay, Nick, you saved the day. So now Jake is getting extra shine because of Olivia. That I agree with. Yeah. I just don't, I don't like how she always has to, yeah, I completely agree. She always has to mix business and pleasure and she can't seem to separate it. Um, Well, like Sophia says, in D.C., you know, it's all who you You surround by. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of always, always mixes regardless. Um, Quinn and Huck. I freaking love this. I love this new dynamic. And I know even season one, beginning of this season, Quinn has not had a place. I love her character. Uh, Bam, I like to always call her chicken head. But I love I love how her character has grown. I love seeing growth in the character. We saw Harrison's growth over time. And I am absolutely loving this because it's nice to see Quinn get a little bit of spotlight, but not to the point where she's an airhead. It's, she's actually doing something. She's learning. And to see how excited she is to like, be put in these situations and like, to kind of go out of her character character um i don't know it's just really amazing to see and what's going on with this situation is she's um tracking the cia director to see what's really going on and she follows them to uh the dry cleaners there was something before that the bank the bank yeah she went wait what happened with the bank she went into the bank and she came out and she said she was saying maybe this is the place basically to huck and he was saying no why and she said because the teller is in their surveillance yada 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 and he was like no that's not it and then that goes back to what we were saying about plain sight because they went to the dry cleaners next and then when they went to the dry cleaners and here's the thing this is what I wanted to ask you guys so she follows them into the dry cleaners and she you know listens to the number and stuff first of all I don't know if her plan was genius. Yes, she got the phone number, and it was just her awkward mannerism because we were all screaming when um, he goes up and they say pick up or drop off, and he says pick up, and he gives the number. And then the lady comes around, and she says pick up, drop off, and Quinn stands there. Like, you can be like pick up and give a last name or drop. It, it just happened. Like, she was slow to the point where it kind of creates an awkward mood, and something's obviously wrong. And especially with the um, CA director, knowing what he's going there for. Now we know for sure he was going there for um, a pickup. Knowing that he's there on a legal business and everything, of course he's going to be aware of his surroundings and know when something fishy is going on. And Quinn was just standing there awkwardly, even <laughs> with the the brief eye contact they made, and then she did the quick look away. That's a a tell, like it's a tell, and it bothered me. And then I think the thing that bothered me later is. I applaud her for when she went in there and she gave the number and she was all proud like oh I got it I got it okay and then Huck was like okay what are you going to do now and then she like goes in the pocket and finds the money great Quinn you did a great job and then she goes back inside and gives it back and says that she had a great story you know my husband blah blah oh I'm having I have so much on my mind all this stuff how did she not think that the dry cleaning people wouldn't know like how did she not think they would be involved in any way because how would the money get in there without the dry cleaning people knowing about the situation who would put the money in there who would just go behind the counter and be like oh let me put this for <laughs> yeah. you get what i'm saying Again, i my problem is then with huck not with quinn okay I, my, and quinn is the she's the rookie she's the she's the rookie uh stalker but do you think that huck uh, okay go ahead 
my problem is with Huck too because I was like, okay, Huck should be smart enough to know this, but also maybe what he's doing is he is teaching Quinn his um, his um, his profession. She's teaching uh, he's teaching Quinn this. So maybe maybe Huck knows all of this is what's going on, and then maybe Huck will help her out at the end, or maybe he's gonna see how how far she buries herself before he comes to the rescue. That's the only thing I could think about because all of the things that Quinn did, Huck knows this, and so maybe that's I'm trying to just find logic in, as to why he would allow her to go into back into the cleaners especially when there's money inside the pocket like when you're when you're dry cleaning they check the pockets they do all of that so the people at the dry cleaners know that so therefore Huck knows that those people have something to do with it so the fact that he let her go back in there where she's potentially video camera because all big all, all stores literally have cameras now I'm just assuming Huck knows this and he maybe he's waiting to see how Quinn is gonna get herself out of the situation because he is teaching her. That's only that's the only logic that I could think of in my head. Yeah. On and, another, oh, go ahead. And and my my reasoning behind it is again his nickname is Spinster. Huck's Achilles' heel is emotion, like emotional connection. So arguably, it was with um, how come I can't remember her name? Kate, Becky, Becky, whatever her name was, right? Cocaine girl. Mm-hmm. His ironically Achilles' heel is with Olivia, right? Because of an emotional connection. And now with Quinn, it's somewhat based on guilt, right? He still feels guilty about what he did. He knows that he had to do it. But at the end of the day, he still took her life. Arguably, he saved her life. But the fact that they're now kind of getting along and now they have this new thing and the very thing that she basically hated him for, his quote-unquote spy ability, now she's, he's teaching to Quinn, they have a bond. So I think that because of that, he's slipping. Whenever he gets emotionally attached, he slips. Because so to right. me, it's the it's the director of the CIA. This isn't this isn't some like, you know, random little hacker dude that they're following. Like this is the one of the most important, you know, from a from a from a security standpoint in the entire country. And you're just letting her of all people, Quinn Perkins. Let's you are Quinn Perkins follow the director of the CIA, right? Slight side note, let's not talk about it. I just want to talk about it just real, like to say it online, I mean on the air and then we'll move on. He's the director of the CIA, right? And I could be wrong, but wasn't during the whole East Sudan picture thing, didn't Fitz fire the director of the CIA or was it another government body? I think it was the old director, I think so, yeah. Right, Mm -hmm. so he's the new director, right? So meaning presumably he was second in command. Maybe he was the one who faked the pictures, not the actual, the director, think about it. if he's the mole it's more than likely that he actually was the one who doctored the pictures and not the actual former cia director i think there's a bigger storyline there I and think, there has to be a connection yeah i think there is a bigger storyline but there is one thing um something that you mentioned when he, when quinn was in the back seat of the car and she said there has to be a reason why he's going to the cleaners himself because he can have anybody come to the cleaners if if that I mean Huck obviously was listening so he may be emotionally attached but Huck can't be that stupid he knows something well no he was going no. to play for the drop off right no, 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 no mean, but, but no but what sorry. I'm but no but what I'm saying is that like although he's emotionally attached and that he's slipping he can't be he can't be that far down the slope to where even when they realize that 
they were going in, that 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 Osborne was going into the cleaners obviously for for some different kind of motive. Like Huck isn't that far gone to where he is not aware of what is going on in the situation. And I disagree yeah. because again, she she pulled out the bag of money, didn't have gloves on. Like again, like this is you know oh, like damn it. Yeah. no, but so this is this is like, and I don't mean to sound corny, but this is like Mission Impossible level stuff. So presumably, it's not like he's just gonna like take out the money. Like potentially, he's gonna like scan a light over it to see if there are any fingerprints like do you know, you know what I mean I mean I'm, I'm being extra on purpose but you just don't go in and randomly touch up on all the stuff and touch up on the envelope and you don't have gloves on and so forth and so on so yeah. I think that he's using it as a teaching mechanism because he's involved in that and somehow the severity of the situation he's not because even at that moment that's when he should have actually returned it he should have said something like the next day or or an hour later and been like oh my god my wife picked this up by mistake like it's not yeah. my clothes like yeah. something he should have handled it yeah. but yeah. at, at yeah. that moment the minute there was like that the cash twenty thousand dollars you just don't let her go back because even, at that moment oh go ahead i was gonna say even furthermore though it doesn't only put Quinn in jeopardy. It just puts Olivia Pope and Associates in jeopardy because now her face is out there. It's a CIA director. He's going to investigate and see where this girl is from. Mm-hmm. And it's going back to what you said, Sophia, like it's like a rich person. If they had a Ferrari, Lamborghini and a Pinto, they're not going to let their 16 year old brand new driver learn to drive in the Ferrari. They're going to put them in the Pinto. So I don't understand why on this high profile, like this isn't like you said, this isn't some play play case. Yeah. But what's yeah. so what's so brilliant about this show is we had this big scandal that dealt with Olivia and her issues. Now we're going back to the everyday weekly fix it. By the time we get to May, when it's when it's when it's time for the finale, <laughs> we're going back to the issues that involve either Olivia, the president, and now Quinn and Huck. Yeah. So that's what's great about it is like you know, yeah, they are you know, uh, Huck is 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 going down the slippery slope <coughs> and he's not doing what he's supposed to do, but it's gonna make for a great. Um, um, cliffhanger for the season finale. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Olivia, Jake, and Fitz. Now, I touched on this earlier. Jake is a creepy, creepy, creepy man. Because I don't see him as creepy. Whoa, 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 Am I the only one who thinks that oh, was creepy? Oh yeah, that was yeah. But it, it was creepy and cocky. It was a little cocky. It was like, it was kind of like, it was like you watching a Halle Berry movie as a dude, and then when you out to dinner with Halle Berry, you like, yeah, I got Halle Berry. <laughs> like it's kind of like that. It was like a cocky move. Like he was like, "All right, cool." Like he was at on the couch. I don't see it as creepy, especially when Fitz is the ringleader and why he's there in the first place. I don't see it as I don't see him as a creepy dude. I see Fitz. Fitz did not tell him to get that much involved. Fitz is yeah, but 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 Fitz is creepy, and he's that's like that's like stalker type stuff. Like he's stalking his girlfriend or ex girlfriend. You know what I mean? But. He's more creepy. Well, I didn't say Fitz wasn't creepy. I'm saying they're both creepy. They're both <laughs> two creepy dudes. I mean, he is a little Fitz, you know, a little little junior Fitz. I don't know. I just I don't I don't like where this is going. I don't trust. So who said it? She's dead. No, no, no. That's not what I said. Oh. You mean at the end of the episode? Oh no, no. I said he's going to tell her. Oh, oh. Let's but say that's a that prediction. Predictions. Prediction. Yeah, but this is this is the thing. Is though, I'm gonna I'm not even gonna touch upon the creepy right now because I'm just not. Um, 
But I actually just want to say that minus the creepy, mm-hmm. right? At the beginning of the episode when, you know, she's in his office and he comes in, I do think that there's a – and I want a, I want a different word because I actually don't want cockiness. It's more that he is very secure in who he is, right? And there's an ease with how they interact with each other, right, that I sometimes I, – I don't see with Fitz and Olivia because I think that they're, you know, star-crossed lovers. So I think there's always – there's always such passion and intensity. And even though that intensity may be good, Sophia. it's always – can I just say maybe, um, maybe little Fitz, maybe he's because he's young, he's got a little swag to him. That's actually a really good word to yeah. it. That's exactly a really good word. Sweat. <laughs> or swagger. <laughs> um, but I think that that's exactly what it is. And so I think there's a confidence. And then I think that because of that confidence, and I don't think that the confidence is overpowering, I think then Olivia seems at ease. So I think she's a lot, she's a lot lighter. She's a lot. She's just more carefree than I think that we've seen her in a lot of other mm-hmm. situations. And even for me, the way she approaches them about work situations doesn't seem as harsh. Like, and even she just says to him, okay, well, I was going to bring this up during dinner, but since we're not having dinner, like, what do you know about this? It seems somehow lighter than normal. It doesn't seem kind of like she's sucker punching him. And also, there's an age difference. He's more Olivia's age versus Fitz and Edison, who is a little bit older. So it's a little she she feels a little bit different because she's she's with a guy who he has a different approach. He has he, I, he has he has a, he has a swag and it's kind of a it's kind of a turn on to her because this uh, she's used to seeing someone who's older and different you know little i keep calling him little fits but captain jake. jake captain jake his whole his whole approach is different so it's it's refreshing and it's new for olivia so i think that's why there's the there's the the liking that she has for him i think well to me it just looks like and it may not even be this simple it's probably not it just looks like the difference between when you're dealing with a man who's available and a man who's not available <laughs> You're going to be more comfortable with the man who you have. You're not worried about if somebody sees you. You're not worried about if he has a wife, if she's going to catch on. His kids find out. Your career is down the drain. You're not worried about that. This man is available. She can be carefree. People, people take pictures. She's like, whatever. He's single. Who cares? Like she, she's dealing with so someone. She came out of a relationship where she had to sneak. Her relationship was sneaking around. Now she's like, hey, cool. Like she's a little more comfortable because uh-huh. the relationship in the situation is comfortable. Huh? Okay, good point. And in a way, like, going back to that, she has no guard. There's no Chinese wall between it. So it's a different... We're just seeing a different side of Olivia just because there's literally nothing between them. And it's, like I'm saying, it's almost too much trust between them right now. But technically, they've gone on one date. And it was a half date. Yeah. They went to dinner... That got disrupted and, or no, no, he, he took her somewhere else, right? He took her to, I think it's one of the monuments. Mm-hmm. They started to have that little picnic and then the phone rang and she had to leave. That's all they've had right yeah. now. Right now, they're very much in what I consider to be that just that that initial flirty, flirty stage. They're talking. They, they're talking. And, and not even really, <laughs> right? No, but seriously. And at the office, they were supposed to go to dinner, and that got interrupted. So presumably him coming after, you know, he has to wrestle the photographer and get the, the memory card. When he comes to her house, that's the first time, presumably, they're going to have any kind of real one-on-one interaction. Yeah. Yeah. This is new to, to them, to Olivia, but he's been dating her on camera for the last uh, three weeks. Touching so, the screen and everything. Yeah, 
Okay. So what do you guys think about the whole conversation between Olivia and Fitz? Fitz called from Cyrus's phone, and then he was... This was after he was drinking some more of that brown water. And he basically says, um, I wish you would have been honest with me if you didn't think I was fit to be president and all this stuff. And he goes on to say, I was calling because I was going to tell you to back off. And then he says, you ruined me. And then he said, I'm ruined. She said, I'm ruined. And I thought, once again, as far as editing goes, it was a nice contrast. We saw the conversation between Fitz Mm -hmm. and Olivia and then the couple arguing in the background because it's always Olivia seeing herself in that situation. And even though she wasn't directly listening, but we could see it especially. Um, I just really liked the way they played that scene out. I just, I don't know because they're... (laughs) It's just a tricky situation. It's not playing games, but Fitz is just in... A weird state and I think I had to remind myself today that a couple of weeks ago this is 10 months after so a lot of time has passed since that defiance it was 10 months it's right? It's now been a year Yes, yeah, so, so a lot of time has babies passed babies damn near can walk No but Cyrus <laughs> made the point remember when he was talking to Melly he said it's been a year since he's mentioned divorce blah 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so all this time has passed but there's still like these wounds that are very very fresh because anger goes through different levels. It's like if you break... Like, let's say this was a regular relationship and they broke up. When you break up, you go through sadness. Then you go through anger. Then you go through resentment. Then you try to force yourself to hate his guts. Then you start <laughs> getting down on yourself. Like, it's a whole way. Yeah. It's, it's just... Now it seems like he's going through the bitter phase. He seems very bitter about, like, the whole situation. As he should be. Yeah. Well, I wish if somebody would talk to him about the brown water, though, because he's going to keep staying he, in that one he, phase if he doesn't put the... He's the president of the United States. He has completely shut everyone off. It's not like the president, you know, it's not like the president can just call up anybody or call up his homeboy and be like, yo, I got a problem. Like, he... He has his. He has Cyrus, and Cyrus. He Cyrus is already on the outs. He has no one to talk to. He has no one at all. Olivia was that person that they have um, that little pillow talk late at night. He's lost Olivia. He's lost the only person that he can talk to that can, that he can confide in and not worry about anyone else. He doesn't have anybody. Yeah, he said you're all I had. Yeah, but I get. I, I mean, I get. I get it. I get that he's upset, he feels betrayed, but I'm waiting for Fitz to get to the side of his of of the healing process where he thinks that maybe they put their careers on the line for him. Because even though yeah, they lied and they agreed and they and they put defiance and, and they and they said, you know, we're gonna do this to get Fitz in office. If it comes out or if it ever came out, not only is Fitz living a lie, their careers are ruined as well. So with to me, what they did was it was shady, but they did something that could dest- that destroy that could destroy all of them. No, cool. and at some point, but even though if you don't accept it, and even though you're not gonna go with that that thought, it seemed like Fitz has never even taken that into account. But Canela, you have to think about it. It's not like it's it's like if you guys had. Uh, co-host, um, you know, got together and got me a job on extra TV with Maria Menounos. That's different from the president of the United States. Like, okay, you got, you guys got, you guys, you got. I'm like, where's he going with this? You guys got yourself, you guys got yourselves <laughs> together, and you did whatever you had to do in order to get me a job. And now I'm with Maria at the Grove on extra TV. That's different. The president of the United States, like, that's different. Like, it's one thing to get me a job at something at that level where you can kind of, you can kind of be forgiven because 
Yeah, I, I'm probably just as good, but there's other uh, there's other situations. This is the top job of the United States. So by them by them getting doing what they did to get him to be president, that's basically saying that you couldn't do this on your own. That's different to me. And I, and I totally get it, but I'm thinking uh, again. I wonder if he will ever look at it from the perspective of if it comes out that I didn't really win the election. Fitz, I will be basically the president who wasn't really president and they're going to jail. Because Fitz, like, you know what I mean? Fitz, he's the victim. He's their victim. But it's but but because they're allowing him to be. Um, their their actions are like think about it all of them especially Cyrus is acting so unlike Cyrus there's a point when maybe Cyrus should have been like no you couldn't have been president we've been you know seriously I'm just being rude we've been your team from the beginning you've never realized hopefully now you realize it can we get back on track no, everyone acted as if he actually, in fact, was the victim. Melly, Melly changed up. Melly doing things in the shower Melly's never done before. No, seriously. <laughs> Cyrus acting with his head down at all the time, saying, yes, sir, Mr. President, thank you, Mr. President, being okay with not being involved in stuff instead of coming and basically being like, what the are you doing, right? And then Olivia is actually the only one still very much acting like Olivia. And that's why on some levels, their relationship is still how it always has been. So even though it seems like they're on the outs, they've had several moments or time periods, because I never realized it until the, um, I think it was a WTF episode, that that was the first time that they'd actually had intercourse since she left the White House. So they've gone long periods of time where they either haven't spoken or they've been on the outs. But ironically, he's still talking to her about it. Even though she's the one who hurt him, she's still the only one he can talk to about it. And that's actually what he's doing. So on some level, there's some healing. Even though he's saying, I don't care, he's still talking to her about it. Because it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, if you love someone so much that the only one who can fix it is the one that can hurt you, that's still the one you're going to talk to. And Sophia, not only that, but when he called, like, he said, the reason that I'm calling, but... They were. They talked about their problems before he. Before they spoke about what his, quote unquote, reason for calling. So that says a lot. Yeah, and they he, never. They yeah. never had the chance to even argue it out. Yeah. They never yeah. really discussed that was, it. That was really. That was a reason for him to call, hear a voice, kind of, you know. And just to piggyback off of that, or, or to kind of wrap it up a little bit, is that again the whole it started with Cyrus poking him mm-hmm. right because cyrus was like what did he said if Liv hadn't gotten if Liv had gotten her to, d- to deny it mm-hmm. cyrus knows what he's doing does it make sense Cy was poking him mm-hmm. right so then what does he say he goes i need a minute a minute one minute right then you have the music it was different music but the tonality was similar right and then what does he do he calls olivia yeah so again whenever that one minute to me sorry symbolizes truth it symbolizes clarity. So even though there have been moments when that music has been played in this season that's very different than the first season, whenever he needs clarity, she's still his moral compass and he still leans to her. Even if it seems as if he's being disrespectful, he's still crying out to her like, you hurt me. Because basically what he's really trying to say is fix it. He's trying to say fix it. But he's like, you you ruined me. He wants her to say something and to do something to to heal the wound. But does he want her to fix him and make her pay at the same time? Yeah, a little bit. I don't think so. A little bit. Is he going to make her fix it and punish her while she's trying to fix it? Well, 
No, but I think this is the thing is, and it's kind of similar to what she said at the at the table um, with the client. Only if you allow him to. Seriously, this isn't this isn't some like they're not handcuffed together. You can only allow someone to punish you if you think you're worthy of being punished. Mm-hmm. The minute she realizes that she made the best decision that she could at that time p- period, and even if it was a bad decision, she's a human being. Forgive yourself. The minute you forgive yourself, that's when like not to sound like a wall goes up, and not in a bad way, but in a way that it's like she's going to talk to him differently, and she and she can no longer allow him to punish her or for his self-loathing to affect her because if anything that's exactly why you couldn't win in the first place mm-hmm. and you know just to jump on just to jump on what you were saying Sophia uh, so uh, Olivia is the only one out of that five well now because Verna's dead Olivia is the only <laughs> rest Olivia, in peace rest in peace poor thing uh, <laughs> she's the only one that in some shape form or fashion she has tried to explain to Fitz her reasons for what she did. Cyrus, I, I, I t- after what you said, I totally agree. Cyrus needs to buck up and and get the president together and be like, look. And Olivia is the only one in some way that has that has tried to tell Fitz her reason for why she did what she did. Cyrus and Mel and everyone else, they're just they're yeah, just we, accepting this. Um, yeah. We this need change. one of those monologues, like first season when he first found out about the affair between Olivia and. Um, yeah. And the president. We yeah. need one of those, just one of those monologues where, because yeah. remember right after that, the president snapped back and he became the president again. Yeah. So, um, and then this is the last thing, as far as I'm going through the stages, I just realized this, you know, he is dealing with it, but he has so much to deal with because first it was, okay, I didn't actually win the election. You probably dealt with that. Then it's, oh my God, all these people lied to me. Then it's, oh my God, I just lost the, the woman I love. Then it, so it's like so many then different. Then it's, I killed Verna. Yeah, yeah so he's I'm dealing a murderer with, now. he's dealing with so many different things. So every time, that's why he couldn't put the brown water down. Every time he deals with one thing, something else pops up and it's like he can't catch a break. And he doesn't have anybody. And, you know, I he think doesn't that- have anybody being true to themselves to find speak up to him and snap him out of it yeah but and this is where it's funny but he's being a better president yeah, yeah. that's very true yeah it's because you don't it, have yeah. he only because only thing he has to focus on is his job is you know like when you when you go through a breakup you you get more career oriented like you're like <laughs> you know what i'm gonna get my career back on track you start you know like doing what you love you start taking up hobbies you hang out with your friend you know you because success things. is the best revenge it is yeah like I know. Well, you know, huh? <laughs> well, guys, it was great uh, talking about this particular episode, but we do want to continue the conversation online. But now we're going to go to news and gossip. Why did I say it like that? <laughs> I don't know. You were like in your reporter. Voice. I know, right? News and gossip. <laughs> okay, and so we want to give a sh- <laughs> we want to give a shout out to one of our gladiators. We got these great keychains from Enza, from Enza Marie, and it says Gladiator Bam, Gladiator Sophia, Gladiator Emil, and Gladiator Canelia. Uh, and so we got this a couple of weeks ago, but we were for uh, Valentine's doing Day. For Valentine's Day, but it was doing a hiatus. Uh, and so we wanted to wait until all four of us was back together so that we can just say to you, Enza, we want to thank you for these Gladiator keychains. Thank, these are, thank these you are so awesome. much. I wear mine. Listen, 
No, it makes me feel so special at at work, at the the place that I work at. We actually kind of have to valet our cars. Mm. So sometimes at the end of the day, they kind of like have brought all the the keys downstairs and they haven't organized them yet. And I can always find mine. I'm like, it says Gladiator Sophia. And now they know it. So they like pull my keys out really quickly. I didn't even realize the girls, when they have this little red jewels here, ours don't have, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't notice that either. Yeah. Fancy. Thank you so much. Whatever. We really do appreciate it. <laughs> Gladiator Band. Thank you very Thank much, Inza. We really, no, seriously, made me feel so special when we when Bam about, told us. I don't know about like, y'all. Oh my God. I get compliments on it too because people are like, where'd you get that from? Yeah. Exclusive. I, I waited till today to, to put it on the keychain. I, I was waiting for you guys, but clearly you Oh, I did not. Right. I did not wait. I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. I'm wait for you. <laughs> I have mine on there. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Been on there for weeks. Yeah. Sheesh, ma'am. <laughs> and I think it's time on my phone drop. I think it's time for a shout outs. Okay. All right, it is one of our favorite parts of the show. Um, but before we actually do our um, our normal shout-outs, oh, we yeah. have to definitely give a shout-out uh, to two gladiators that did um, the show for uh, Boom Goes the Dynamite. They did an absolutely amazing job. Um, Mr. A.J. Gibson and Mr. Zoe uh, Alexander, you guys did, you rocked it. Like, you rocked it like true gladiators, and you guys were absolutely amazing. Um, also want to give a just a special shout-out to Watch Tower Base always keeps the chat roll going like it doesn't matter if we're late he lets you guys know so from now on if you're ever wondering kind of what's going on go to the chat roll right on afterbuzztv.com and it gives a good analysis of what's going on for those of you who watch us live sometimes we're a little bit late just because of other shows in the lineup um, and follow him on twitter because he tweets the updates too mm-hmm. so for behind he tweets it out yeah and his twitter is at watchtower base Okay, so now to our shout-outs for this week. Um, Again, for iTunes, Twitter, and YouTube. And the reason that we do this is because we really appreciate you, Gladiators, for watching us, for listening to us, to subscribing on iTunes and telling a friend. So we're starting out with iTunes. We have Art Dasher, Dang Yaya, Donica Durden, Gunny's Girl, Junit718, Mars... Bar Caro, Pat lives in Kentucky, TT Lolo 515, Yari 565. And for Twitter, we have All About Roland, Alphabeta 87, Free MDD, G Danny, HJ Luther, underscore BSW, Janica, KBI Solutions, Kit Kat Chats, Marquette, Marquette Jones. Oh, I love that name, Marquette Jones. New Orleans BB, Scandal Swagger, our word of the day. Scandalversary, Sequoia Sade. Soraya, I know, yeah. Soraya <laughs> tweets. Um, and for YouTube, we have... 83 Pacific, Amari Garden, Be Nice UK, Cassie G, Champiz, Channy Fan 14, D Deshia 123, Elm Rose 1475, Fidella 11, Gladiator in Harlem, Gypsy Marie 01, Jane Blaze, Ginger Barr, Jules McLenna, Kedzo, Kiana Parks, Kyrab 2001, LD Clark, Lala Rose, Lativita, Lauren Reich, Man. I always forget. I can never read these ones properly. Man UNTD forever. Oh, Man United forever. <laughs> Marsha Rose, Mariama Amina, Mika Jackson, Miss Lean, Miss Delinia, Miss Denalia, Nicole Beauvoir, Olivia Pope, <laughs> Out Late 06, Pixie Girl 999, Purple Girl, PVP, no, PVB 31 Woman, Real Chick Forever, Eva. Rosie Farrell, Shannon Lash- 
Lash Lay, True Beauty Never Fades, Twins Gemini 123, Wesley 0421, and Your An Illusion. So again, thank you gladiators for watching us on YouTube, for listening to us on iTunes, and um, just for all of your comments on Twitter. So again, as always, you know, continue the conversation on either YouTube, Twitter, on iTunes, and for iTunes, always rate, subscribe, comment, and tell a friend. Mm-hmm. Can I just say one more thing? Yes. Um, and if you guys uh, like our key change, you guys can go to Enza's uh, west, uh, website, which is Downrange Designs. So Downrange Designs, if you guys want to get your own Gladiator keychain. But we'll literally, um, either tonight or in the morning, we will definitely tweet all that information out as well. Mm-hmm. And I think it's time for predictions. I'm doing like all these crazy voices tonight. You're <laughs> <laughs> feeling yourself because you've been on TV. Uh, anyway, all right. <laughs> so let's... My prediction is that we kind of talked about it earlier. I think that something big is going to go down as far as Melly because I don't think that you should leave Melly to her own and kicking her out like that and shutting her out. I think that something big is going to happen regarding Melly and she's going to really kick fits in his ass. My prediction, I think eventually, of course, Fitz will find out that Jake and Olivia are hanging out or dating or whatever you call it and I think it's going to be that situation where you see you see your woman with another man and then you all of a sudden want her back I think it's going to be that situation I think the bitterness is going to turn into like that that lost love and he's going to be like you know I, now I want to he's going to try to pursue her at the same time as Jake that's what I think I don't know um, I alluded to it during the episode I, I think Jake's going to tell her I'm not quite sure if Jake's going to tell her that it was the president that told him to spy on her, but I think he's going to tell her that he was told to spy on her. And I think that the reason being is twofold. Even though there's something creepy about him, there's something genuine about him. I think he's, he, because at the end of the day, he's not doing this because he's creepy. He's doing this because he was told to do so by the president of the United States of America. And this is his job and this is part of his training. So the fact that he then has, has, you know, has some feelings toward this woman and then again you know whether or not that coffee the you know the the coffee interaction was calculated or not eh it, it's hit or miss because at the end of the day he's he's still doing surveillance right but that still allowed them to talk where he's like oh she's kind of she's witty banter um i think that's that's really what's going to happen and then it's going to test her on whether or not truth or betrayal is the important thing because we've been having this whole conversation that that the betrayal is in not telling not in the doing something wrong but in the not telling so if he tells her then she's not betrayed All right we'll see i think for fitz the drinking is gonna <clears throat> gonna come into play and his drinking is gonna is gonna cause him to react once he finds out that uh captain is with olivia so that's what I think. And then as far as the Huck Quinn situation, Osborne is going to go after Quinn. And I'm going to go I'm going to go completely far left. I think that Osborne is going to try and have Quinn killed. And huh? maybe she'll die. Maybe they'll kill her off. Oh, I hope uh, not. At, this, oh, at the season finale. Oh, God. <laughs> Poor Quinn. <So. laughs> He's trying to get you. Okay, I'm not going to just go ahead. Where can we follow you guys? You didn't give your prediction. Yes, I did. That's the first one. Oh, my bad. <laughs> hey, man. Where can we follow you? Um, on Twitter, at Sophia Stanley. You can follow me on uh, Instagram and um, Twitter at Big Six Entertainment. Sorry. And I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram, at Canelia. 
and I change all my username. You can follow me on everything at Emil Ennis Jr. And make sure you go to youtube.com slash chasingla to watch my web series. New videos every Monday through Friday. We will see you guys next week. Same time, same place. Gladiators, we love you and we love doing this after show and we're so happy to be back. Put us in number one. We love you guys. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. I say buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 